Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This episode was a killer conversation with a guy that I had just recently met named Skylar Lewis, uh, business owner, intentional husband, father, very intentional with his life, and he is doing some great things with his business, with his family, as well as some ideas he has as far as how he wants to continue to influence and impact other men in some of the tricks and tactics that he has found in creating balance to have it all. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, solid dude, and pay attention to him because I think that we'll be hearing more from this guy down the road. And as most of you know, we have a Kickstarter campaign going right now through December 4th, 2019 for a fatherhood journal. It is called the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. This thing is so incredible. We actually just hit our funding goal, but more journals are selling. And I think this is going to be an incredible tool for dads to help them continue be engaged and intentional in mastering the craft of fatherhood, because that's what this is all about. Learning to love and serve our families well. I know it's what we desire, but our culture isn't pushing that, and we want to redefine fatherhood. So enjoy this conversation. If you like it, please share it. Go over to Instagram and Facebook and follow us at Rebel and Create. Follow the links to the Kickstarter campaign or go to Kickstarter and look up Fatherhood Legacy Journal and get yourself a journal. We're going to be sending them out in early December uh, so that you can all start them come January 2020. Thanks and enjoy this conversation. All right, so I am sitting here with my new friend, Skylar. What's up, Skylar? What's up? How you doing? Great. Super stoked to sit down and talk about fatherhood with you. You and I don't really know each other, and we didn't really prep for this. We had maybe a 20-minute call just to kind of get to know each other. Um, my uncle Michael introduced us, and so here we are. Awesome. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. I'm stoked. Um, we're sitting in Skylar's office, and we'll talk about what he does in a minute, and um yeah, I just, I love sitting down with another dude who I've heard from somebody is an intentional father, intentional man trying to make the most out of this life. And so that's what we're here to talk about. And it's all fresh conversation. So this isn't something that we sat and like strategized a bunch of, you know, what we're going to talk about. We kind of just have a theme and we're going to go with that. So for people to get to know Skylar a little bit, how old are you? I am 33. 33. Yep. yep. And you're married? Married. And how long have you been married? Been married for nine, nine and a half years. Okay, so yeah, got married relatively young. Yeah, yep. Why'd yep, get- I was, yeah, I got married, uh, why did I get married so young? Or mm-hmm. found, I found a, a dream, dream wife, man, my soulmate, luckily. Didn't know that, but kind of did. So she was, a. it was funny, I was a dead broke when I actually met her. I was living out of like a little room, had no, no money. And so I ended up um, meeting her fell in love with her she owned like a business she had her own house she was like 22 23 and so we hit it off and I was like dude this is the chick and so I'm like I'm totally down to get married and settle a little early and where'd you meet her I met her at a we had worked at a a similar business and so I kind of knew of her and I ended up meeting her at like a dance dance club thing on a Thursday night this place called Iron Walk and so 
we met and uh, connected there and ended up having some fun and and we uh we just hit it off we became addicted to each other that's rad yeah and you got kids yep yep got two boys and how old are they seven years seven years old is our oldest little guy brendan and then we got a four-year-old jeremiah okay cool and then are you done with the kid making yeah yeah i'm good with kids dude the um yeah for sure we enjoy traveling we enjoy our alone time and so i think twos i think two is great and and Honestly, I, I'm, I'm pretty good with the boys that they kind of stress out my wife a little more. Jessica gets a little more stressed out with the, the they're kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're little boys that want to <laughs> they're all over. fight and wrestle and totally oh, yeah. get the energy out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Now y- you own a business and what is it that you do? Yeah. So I own a water and fire restoration company. So we do uh, flood restoration. So if a building catches on fire or uh, we were at the hurricanes in Katrina, uh, not Katrina, in, out in Harvey in Texas. Okay. And so we went out there and did some restoration. We basically dry out buildings, then we repair them. So we have like a cabinet shop. We rebuild, we dry it all out, and then we rebuild everything. So you there. don't just come in and dry it out. You go in and yep. We'll build fix a full everything. kitchen. We'll do all the drywall, flooring. We just finished a house a couple of days ago from the ground up. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. So we do we do everything. I don't even know how I kind of fell into it, but. And how uh, long have you been doing this business? Been doing, uh, so we've owned Superior Restoration, me and my wife, for um, almost 10 years. Okay. Started out, yeah, started out as a little carpet cleaning company, bought a carpet cleaning van. Like, so that was you. So that's the business you owned yeah. when you met your wife? No, no. So we, so we, no, no. I, so I, I, I met her probably 11 years ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I met her about uh, right before we started this, probably a year before. So you started this together? Uh, we ended up starting it together. Yep. That's so we worked crazy. together. It was kind of a cool experience learning how to navigate that. It, it can be complex. It can be amazing too. Yeah, it, yeah. So are you both here every week? No. So she's no longer in the business. Okay, cool. Yeah, about two years ago, she decided it was kind of getting past the point of, um, it was getting a little too stressful for her. And so we were scaling and growing pretty rapidly. And so she's, she's a details woman. Mm. I'm more like the visionary kind of just, let's just grow and just figure it out, you know, as we're doing it, sweep up the mess after totally for sure. And so she likes to keep everything under control. And so it hit the point, um, hit the point where she was just getting a little too stressed. She's like, yeah, I'd rather be with the kids and be a stay at home mom. So I'm like, okay, cool. Which was a little scary for me because we had built it together. Right. Yeah, Yeah. And so I was like, am I capable of building this thing on my own the rest of the way? which was really interesting because I had to really check in uh, my ego, right? Because I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it. But then when I really looked at it, I'm like, shoot, I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of nervous that I won't be able to take it to the next level and watch all the details right, now right. that my details woman's gone. So it, we're doing good. How she do not, does she still speak into it some or has she kind of been able to just step away and be mom and hang out with the kids? Yeah, she's completely stepped away. She doesn't want to know really anything about the business. Hey, that's, I mean, that's cool. I think that's probably the healthier way to go. So as you're deciding, I know we're kind of jumping into stuff, but as you're deciding, all right, we're growing, we both have two different styles and there's some tension being built up. Is the tension like going home and a lot with your marriage or is the tension just when we're at work, it's stressful. So we did, we did a pretty good job compartmentalizing it and really kind of keeping the work stuff. But we talked about it after work also. Right. It was really the lingering stress, like when a job went bad or we're mm. getting sued by a client or um, 
you know, our key employee leaves, even though we may not talk about it, it's just that residual stress that she and I would hold on to. Right. And even though we'd, we'd have a good dinner and hang out at night, it would just still be in us. You know what I mean? We'd, there'd still be tension yep. and anxiety around it. So I found out my wife, it's kind of interesting. So my wife had a little bit more masculine, masculine energy. Um, just because she's always been a hustler. Like she's always been grinding. She's was very successful. Even at 21, I think she made her first like 500,000 at 21 years old. Wow. Like amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> but she, she, had, but to be, that, that's like more of a masculine energy driving goals. Right. That's not the feminine. And so she's recently like, since she's been out of the business, she's her feminine has just gone off the charts, man. It's been super cool. So she's just an amazing woman, great mom, just way different and way kind of less controlling and more just free about stuff. And so our relationship has like tremendously grown since she's released that anxiety and tension that I don't know if women were, I don't know, not all, all women are built for that. Some women can handle all that, but a lot of times it turns a woman into more masculine energy. Yeah. Um, and so we've had our relationships been a lot better since she's, she's been out of the business and she's very happy. She loves it. And yeah. so we're blessed by God to be able to even do that. Cause some people can't do that. Yeah. For you sure. know what I mean? So to be able to, to have her stay at home, dude, I'm super grateful. Yeah. 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 It's a great gift, man. And not everybody can do it, but it's a cool gift to give your spouse and your kids. If your spouse is down to do it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. cause it's a lot of freaking work. My wife stays home with our kids it is. It and is. Yeah, we, um, we keep our calendars on Google calendar. Mm-hmm. We share calendars and I was, we have a living trust. I was trying to book an appointment to revisit it, to make sure our kids are taken care of if anything, ha- anything yeah. happened to us. And we, um, I was trying to book the appointment and her schedule was booked out like weeks. I couldn't find a spot to like meet with this attorney. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, babe, do you realize how busy you are? Yeah. Like this is, this is your, your schedule is busier than mine. <laughs> yeah. Once the kids got friends and school yep, and yep. school stuff and sports, sports and, stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, okay, cool. So you've been doing this business. You plan on doing this for a while. This is kind of where you see yourself. Yeah, kind of a mix, man. I enjoy, I enjoy the business. I, I love the people. We have about 38 employees and uh, we've, we've grown and, and have a good thing going right now. Amazing team. We've spent a lot of work on culture, like our core values that you see right here. Yeah, up on the wall. Um, yep. Yep. We, and, and just our, our, all of our strategy and just, just what we've built is pretty, pretty amazing. And so I, I love it and I'm, just, I'm open to what God has in store also. So cool. I feel like I'm called to, I enjoy working with guys and spending time with, with men and just helping them grow their businesses and some coaching aspects, uh, the coaching side of things. Yeah. So I may eventually move more into that because I really do enjoy that. Um, And I feel like God's given me some tools, some neat neat tools. Yeah, and we'll talk about some of that in a little bit. So I've got two more questions for you. Sure. And that the first question is, as you've been a father, like either young father or recent, what has been some of the best resources to you as a dad? Whether that be a book or a person or something else. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, that's a great question. You got, you got me thinking. Um, so what resources, I mean, definitely, definitely my uh, church. I've, I've gone to some, some classes at our church okay. has been pretty cool. Um, and then mentors. So people that we've looked up to and kind of watch how they, um, how they work with their kids and, and manage their life. And then probably the third thing I would say is definitely books. So we've read multiple books on raising kids. So we have two strong, we have one strong-willed boy, mm. super strong-willed. So we, there's a, a great book called, um, uh, shoot, it's by James Dobson, like how to, how to raise a strong-willed kid or something okay. like that. And it was just very insightful on how Eye to opening raise. opening and helpful. Yeah, when you have a kid that just says, there's first words no, and he yeah. fights back on everything. 
then you got to figure out how to how do you manage that without freaking out on them so yeah and being a team with your spouse that's tough mm-hmm. but that's cool so there's resources out there and you've gone out and found them when you needed them mm-hmm. yeah cool so this this podcast is fatherhood field notes so it's you know meeting with a a dude who's a dad and opening up some of his field notes, you know, looking into some of the things that he's learned. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But the core of all of this is this little mantra that I have called rebel and create. And it can mean a lot of things, but really at its core is, you know, rebel against either status quo of what you expect for yourself or you think the world expects for you, or maybe even the church, like you've talked about Christianity a bit, rebel against that. And then what do you hope to create out of that? So like if you're going to tear down a wall of some kind of status quo expectation, why are you tearing it down? And don't do it just to be rebellious, but you want to make something different out of that. So is there something currently that you're rebelling against and hoping to create something out of? Yeah, I mean, in a few different areas, but specifically related to um, uh, parenting. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. I was at a men's group last night, and we were talking about just being vulnerable with our with our kids. Mm. Uh, really interesting kind of concept. So I feel like we're trained to be fathers to where we're like the heroes. Like we're trained, hey, we need to be the heroes and show that we ha- kind of have it all together. And it was pretty awesome. I'm doing a couple courses and this men's group, and it came up through a study that basically it's not all about being the hero. Like the kids want to see our humanity and our vulnerability. So I'm kind of taking... I'm actually going the opposite direction of that. And so lately, one of my son's favorite things to do is for me to do for him is tell him stories about my life. He loves, my older guy loves hearing stories like, tell me, tell me dad, tell me about like when you were a kid, tell me about, you know, all the stuff that you did. And so lately I've been telling him the stories about the stuff that I've done wrong. Mm. Like I told him about the first time that I stole something. I told him about when I lied. I'm like telling him all these stories of these times that I've messed up and screwed up. And so what I've realized is it's my, my, well, my goal is that through that, he sees kind of the real side of me, not just me showing up for, you know, showing up as like superhero dad, but he sees the real, the other side of me, which is the guy that messes up all the time. Yeah. So my goal is that as he messes up and he struggles through life, he'll be able to connect with me and share some of the challenges that he goes through knowing that, dude, I'm just as... I'm just as sinful and just as broken, dude, as, as every other guy. So you don't, you don't need to pretend for me, son. Like, just bring all your stuff, your challenges, your nightmares, your fears. Your... So I'm kind of going against the grain of, you know, I'm testing it out. I'm seeing how that, that strategy is going to work. So, dude, that's killer. I love it. There's so much meat there. I mean, you're rebelling against, I mean, as a man, acting like you have it all figured out. You know, you're against being the hero, like you said, um, rebelling against, you know, making your kids believe that there's this kind of perfection that doesn't really exist out there. And I mean, out of that, even with a seven-year-old, you're creating this culture with your relationship with him where hopefully he's going to just, well, one, see you as a real person, which like when I came in, you guys have that big Batman, like Mm -hmm. the Lego Batman (laughs) sitting in there. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, you know, in the hero, like as you're telling me it, I think that like Batman, I like Batman. I'm not a big, huge Marvel DC guy, but I like the Batman movies. But I like that he is a real dude. It's not like this supernatural thing he's got. So you see this human side of him. Mm-hmm. And so like, mm-hmm. that's why I think I'm drawn to him because it's just a normal dude. Like I-, I could do that. 
if I had billions of dollars and whatever, right? <laughs> but, but what you're saying is like, you're both, you know, you're being, the, you're still the hero for your kid, but the hero, the hero's the servant, right? I mean, the hero's mm-hmm. the one who's coming and opening themselves fully up going, look inside of me, look at my failures. And when you're talking about your failures, like all those things help you grow to the man you are today, right? Because clearly you're not going to share something with your kid that you didn't learn from at some level. Mm-hmm. So like you're sharing real stuff that you mm-hmm. learned with your kid, because we all hope, I think at some level that our kid isn't going to be a better version of us, but they're going to be the best version of themselves, but that we kind of impart some of our, us, you know, into their life. So man, the vulnerability piece is key. And I think that dudes want to be vulnerable. They just don't know how to. Cause like you said, no one's kind of showing us that. Yeah. It's hard dude. that was a, that that's been a journey. That's been probably a 10 year journey mm-hmm. of figuring out how to be vulnerable. Cause I yeah. remember I just, I struggled with, with sharing my feelings, actually feeling, mm-hmm. I don't know. Feeling for me was a little bit more challenging cause I'd shut off feelings cause I had some issues with bullying when I was young, just some kind of random stuff that, you know, friend issues that kind of shut me off. Like, eh, I'm good. You know? So I, I learned uh, to uh, stuff the emotions. Yeah, it was just yeah. way more effective for me. Like I could go do a lot more without having to feel anything. Mm-hmm. Like it was great. My mom, I had some issues with my mom. And, and so I've had to learn how to be vulnerable and to be, there's a great book by Brene Brown, the power of vulnerability, I've read multiple books on vulnerability. Cause it's, it's hard for me to like share my true, honest feelings. Yeah. Like to the point of like crying, my wife can like share something. She'll start crying. Like I can't, I, it's still hard for me to get there, but I've been working on it. Cause I know for my kids to be able to connect with me. Um, they need to see the true vulnerable part of me. Like, I hope that they get to see me cry more and see that side of me. Um, yeah, yeah. than just my, my tough kind of like, I'll, I'll be able to handle anything kind of personality. So it's been a journey. It's been a journey of figuring out how to, yeah. man, I love that. I love what you're rebelling against and what you hope to create, create out of it. It's mm-hmm. good. It's really good. I mean, and just that it's like, if we just did that as men, we just shared our true selves with our families. Mm-hmm. And we're a little vulnerable. Like how different would the world look 10 years, 20 years, hundred years from now, mm-hmm. dude. And men would be more content and full of joy. if They just like let their guard down a little bit, which goes for me too. So you're talking about thinking versus feeling my wife and I will go to counseling every, I don't know, a couple years or whatever, just like a check-in, even if things aren't like, there's nothing we're trying to work through. Right. And so we're actually going right now every other week, just guys like check in and the lady, the lady's like, stop saying Cause I always be like, well, I think blah, 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 blah. She's like, stop saying, think, how do you feel? And I'm like, I don't know a word to use to make, you know, uh, yeah, so, funny. but the thinking versus the feeling thing, it's a lot easier to say what I think than try to put a feeling on it. Yeah. You know, like I feel sad that this is happening, Yeah, which is the truth. And it's, you know, that's actually what I said. And, uh, as soon as I, I like felt good about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I felt good about it. Anyways. Wow. Look yeah, at you, man. dude. I'm all about the feels now. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So when you and I uh, talked on the phone last week and we're, we're like, cool, we just got introduced. Let's do a podcast. I'm going to mm-hmm. be in your area. Um, one of the things that you shared with me is, well, first you're 33. So let's remind everybody of that. You own your own business which is fine if you own your own business or you don't, but all of us come to this point where we want to figure out some level of balance right Mm -hmm. now, if balance fully exists or not, but we have the same 24 hours a day as everybody else. We all have some kind of work that we need to go do. 
you talked about that you feel like you've really been spending time mastering the craft of balance to where you can kind of have all the facets of life that one would look and say, I want that. So what put you on that journey? Why do you feel like you've got that kind of figured out? And um, what are some tools that we can all gain from hearing the journey that you went through? Sure, sure. Um, and I definitely don't don't have it all figured out. I'm on the journey. I feel like I'm doing pretty well now. Uh, but dude, it changes. It changes with it with with just life. Life's a life's a journey, man. It's up and down. Totally. Um, and so, what kind of put me on that journey was when we, me and Jessica, first kind of got started in a business, and we, uh, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't know how to turn it off. So I'd go to work, I'd hustle, I'd grind, you know, maybe work eight, 10, 12 hours a day, sometimes 14. And it'd be, and I, and I, I, I wouldn't know how to, how to turn it off when I got home in conversations. Like in the very beginning, it was super challenging. Like I just, I would feel the stress and the anxiety and I, I wouldn't, I couldn't stop the thoughts from mm. coming in, the incessant thoughts of like, what do I need to do next? Or what do I got to do tomorrow? Or I got to yeah. handle this problem. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't figure that out. So that kind of got me started on the journey of how do I master this, having a great relationship and also uh, having a, a successful scaling and growing business and still kind of staying connected to God. Like, how do I manage all that? Right. And then at, when we had kids, it was even even more challenging for sure. Now I have my business that I'm growing and I have a relationship that I want to improve on because I've never, honestly, I've never wanted to have like an average relationship. Like uh, some people are okay just with regular ones. And but you say, when you say relationship, are you talking about with, with your wife, With my Jessica? wife. Yeah, with my wife. Yeah. I want to have, like I heard Tony Robbins talk about it one time, but like a level 10 relationship. Yeah. Like I want like the most passion that I can possibly have with my wife. Most fun. I just want to be super connected. And I noticed when I worked really hard in business, that would hurt, that would uh, dwindle. Our passion would dwindle. My connection, I would talk to her less. Like I would connect with her less. I just had less energy. I had less in me to give when I was grinding, um, and so or working working hard. So whether that's somebody working at, in the business or working hard at a job, if they're giving pouring their heart out in their job, there may be less, you know, for their spouse or their kids. Yeah. And so I really wanted to figure that out. And so I've just been being very intentional with my time. So, I mean, dude, I have, there's so many different little things that I do to, to make sure that I'm intentional. Like one of them is, uh, putting my phone away when I get home and just setting that aside. So I'm not looking at it. That's one of the tools that I use to stay, stay in balance. Um, but it became a priority. I'd say that's probably the biggest thing is the mindset balance is, And again, not perfect balance. Yeah. I don't believe there's a, like, it's never going to be perfectly balanced, but you're aware, but I'm aware of it. And it's a top priority. So it's like a very high priority that my wife gets enough of me or she doesn't leave me for another guy. Right. You know, and that my kids get enough of me where they're not screwed up when they're older saying their dad, their dad worked too much or something. And then I'm getting enough with God that I'm able to stay connected and I, and I don't look back and say, shoot, I totally missed it. So it's like, that's a top priority is how do I give all of those, like all of me, all the, so those are the the top relationships. Yes. Your, your kids your wife and God. And so that's like this higher level of where you're being intentional with quality time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when and what and why did that become important? Like, is this, you know, the last two years have been the journey, the last four years, when was it like, dude, this is out of control and I need to get a grip on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, um, <clears throat> It was, it was the initial probably 
seven, eight years ago when I started, started the journey, which was when me and Jessica were just, I, I started journaling a while ago. And so I remember journaling on us just struggling and having yeah. a struggling marriage where, where, um, I would come, I would come home from work and I wouldn't feel like connecting or talking to her or hearing about her problems. And so then I would kind of just go do my own thing or I'd pretend to listen. Yeah, yeah. And then she would just be like, Hey, like, let's talk about stuff. And I'm just like, uh, dude, I'm tired. Like, I, I, let me go do something easy right now. And so I felt it, it, it would, if, if I hustled and worked hard in business, uh, without focusing on that, like there was a three month period where I just went all out, but in our relationship got kind of jacked up. It was definitely affected in a negative way. And my wife's, so there was a three month period where you're like, I'm going to take three months and I'm going to go even deeper yep. on focusing on business. Yep. And did you go, Hey, Jessica, you know, January 15th, I'm just going to go nose to the grind seven days a week, 14 hours a day for three months. Is that cool? Or was it just, <laughs> you showed up at the office and then came home three months later? Yeah, kind yeah of thing. exactly. No, that's definitely not my, my strength is communication for sure. So I definitely didn't preframe it and make sure yeah, she was yeah. aware of it. Kind of just got in the zone and started hustling and, just got pulled into work. Um, and so that was, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. Showed up three months later and was just, she was just kind of doing her own thing and she was, yeah. I mean, so the thing was we, we worked together. So she saw me working. I would stay later than her. She saw me working and then we had no relationship outside of it. Like after that. So, so that was kind of a big turning point when that happened. But what was the turning point? Like what was the thing where you looked in the mirror or she said something to you, or you woke up feeling like a jerk or whatever. Like, what was the, was there a thing that you, cause mm. dude, I love the work. I love it. But you're saying like, it sounds like you were content with your relationship just being mediocre. Was there something that finally made you go, Ooh, I need to do something. Dude, that's a great question. I don't know that. I don't remember the specific point. Uh, like if, if somebody that I knew got a divorce or I don't, the, I've had a few things like that happen where I've had friends Something, that have yeah. worked really hard yeah. and, and they've they've lost their marriage because of just not being aware of, of the effect it was having uh, on it. Yeah, and I mean it's almost I mean it's almost just as good if you don't have that you know like this slow motion moment. But I think as so many like as you know hopefully a bunch of dudes are listening to this, guaranteed some of us are either in a season where things are crappy. Or we've just allowed things to just always kind of be crappy and just accept she's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. I provide. And that's just as good as it gets, you know? And I just think, no, mm. it, that's not mm. as good as it gets. And, and I also don't think that there's just some people who have great marriages. Mm. It's like, just, you got to put the freaking work into it. So like, it's fine. There's not this slow motion moment, but as all of us are listening, like, dude, let's reflect a little bit on our marriage and are we putting any energy into it? And it sounds like at some point you went, I'm not putting the same, you know, like this business might not be here forever, Mm -hmm. but the hope is that my relationship with my wife will be, but we don't think about it like that, you know, rarely, but for some reason you did and change things up. And then, so what are some things you started doing? Okay. You said the phone, but like through, after that three month period, what were some of the like actions you took to go? Things are crap. I want to start making them better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say one of the, probably one of the most impactful things that we've done is date nights, week, weekly, yeah. weekly date nights, so, which is hard to do. Super hard to do, man. Oh yeah. No, it's very challenging. So how long have you been now. doing the weekly date nights? I've probably, we've probably been doing it 
around the same time, maybe seven, eight years, something okay. like that. And so there's, there's weeks where we go off for sure. Yeah, of course. But in general, our goal is to have a weekly date night on Friday or Saturday night where we get a baby. Well, originally when we didn't have kids, right, we could just go yeah. do our date night. But it um, sounds like all your kid's seven. So it sounds like kind of the culmination of some of this might have happened really close to she's either pregnant or the kids here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when, when we first had the, um, Brandon, uh, she asked me to take off like three or four months, three, I think it was three months of work. And then she tell, uh, she always tells me, she reminds me, she's like, you went back to work like after two weeks and I'm like, oh shoot. So it was, I think it was, it was, she did a good job of, and I was open to it, but of reminding me like, Hey, like we're important. Yeah. Yeah. Like me and the kids, like we're, we're important. Like you need to make time for us. And so it just, it just kind of kept clicking and clicking and then eventually, I just started, and again, it was probably no major one thing, but it was just over time, I'm like, I just need to get better at taking the time to schedule date nights, taking the time to go take my little guy out and just go hang out with them one-on-one. Um, but, and dude, I love it. This is this is incredible and perfect. But why do you care? Why do you care to have a great relationship with your wife or your kid? Great point. Uh, great question again. My my par- my my parents. Uh, well, they got divorced when I was four, and so they broke up. Um, and but then my dad got married again to my stepmom, and so they've had a pretty uh, challenging marriage for the last whatever it was twenty twenty nine years of marriage. I mean, it was growing up, it was, a, it was a little chaotic and I watched their relationship and the areas of improvement and wh- wh- where, just where things went wrong. And so if you're listening to this dad or, or a mom, uh, I, I love you, but I saw, I saw their relationship and I wanted, I kind of wanted something different. I wanted more connection, more passion, more intimacy, just, uh, just the, like the best marriage I could see. So I think seeing that uh, help me kind of learn that I need to do things a little bit different. You know, they have different challenges though. There's, there's four step four. I had four step brothers and sisters yeah, and it yeah. was just, there was a lot, a lot of dyna- a lot going on. And so we could start fresh with something great in, in my marriage. And so I saw that. And so I've just been regularly wanting, I think that maybe that's my why is yeah, I, yeah. I saw that and I wanted something different. Which is cool because in our culture, especially you find people who are like, well, my parents' marriage sucked. So this is what mine's going to mm-hmm. look like. So it's like, I don't know what that trigger is. It's like, can we bottle it up and give it to every dude who's feeling like, yeah, this is just how it's supposed to be, you know, but there's something in you that went, this matters to me. Um, it's my rebel dude. Yeah. I guess I got some rebel in me. The same thing with success. Like my family is pretty poor. So we grew up in this little town called Hemet. A lot of my brother and sisters are still like really struggling. And so, I got out of there. I was like, I need to do something different. And so I literally moved out and got like this, you know, moved to Orange County. And so I, uh, so I, I, I didn't want that for my life also. Yeah. So there's actually multiple areas that I said, Hey, I see that's the way I grew up. Like I, like I grew up grabbing, like we went to some food banks sometimes and we did like, I lived in a little mobile home for years. Like I was kind of on the, you know, lower middle working class kind of, um, you know, growing up. And so I, I didn't want that. So I, I rebelled against that rebelled against what traditional marriages look like. And so that's, I guess that's in me too. So can anybody do that? Can anybody, can anybody rebel against having parents who were shit at their marriage? That's a hard one, man. I know, I know our tendencies 
traditionally to end up like our parents, right? right? There's like, a, it's, it's just, it's that stream that just pull, pulls us into it. Um, I think anything's possible, right? You can stop any addiction. You can, st- if the, if the why is strong enough, mm-hmm. like if, if the why, but some people we get comfortable. And like you said, we kind of just, it's just the way it is. And so if the why becomes strong enough and our, our reason for change is strong enough, we can, we can do anything. So that's my hope for guys too on, on this, that they would see, cool, there's like another way to live life. Like I could, I could level up my marriage and, and my fatherhood. Like I could yeah. be an even better dad than I maybe already am. You know, there was a, uh, I asked my wife, um, it's about five, five years ago. I was told by this, by one of my coaches and he said, he said, how's your sex life? I said, uh. It's pretty good. I see. He said, do you share with your wife, like all your fantasies and all the things that you want? And I'm like, no, there's no, there's no way I share all that <laughs> stuff with her for sure. And then he's, uh, he's like, he's like, we'll try this. He's like, go and, and ask her, ask her how she would rate our sex life on a scale of one to 10. Damn. That's and then ballsy. you guys share each other's rating. Yeah. 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 I'm like, shit, that's dude, that's serious, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I sat down with her. I think it was that night. And I pulled her in. Uh, we had a little office, and I pulled her in. And I said, "Hey, so you know, what what would you rate our, our sex life at?" And uh, and she's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, you know, I just want to see. Like, I, my goal, babe, is that I want a level ten sex life." She's like, "Well, you don't. First thing that triggers, right? You, you don't you don't think we have a, a great sex life?" Right, right. I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I didn't say that, but I want to improve it." She's like, "Well, it's not good enough." I'm like, "Oh shit, here yeah, we yeah, go, yeah. dude." And it went it went down a super <laughs> bad path. Oh, like really bad, where she was crying. I'm like. You're like, thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> it was, it was bad. And so that, but eventually she got through and she, she, she's like, you know what? She's like, I do. I would love to have the best sex life possible. Also. Right. Yeah. Once you get past the, why are you asking me this to the, oh, you're actually, you want to serve. This is about us serving our marriage. Well, not like things are crappy, which is what we tend to go to all the time. Um, yeah. So then what'd yeah. she rate it? So I, <laughs> it's confidential. No, I think she rated it like a, like a eight or a nine okay, and I rated cool. it at like a, I think like a seven or something. And so she was a little bit butthurt about that. But anyway, so we've been working on our sex life, but since that conversation, sh- we have both been aware of our sex life and actually working on it like together. Now I actually track each week how often I have sex. I have a daily, I have a daily tracker I do and I track it and she found out like three years ago that I was tracking how often we had sex and she got all weird about it. But then I, but then eventually she's like, okay, I guess that's kind of cool that you want to improve that. And so now she helps us hit the goal. So she actually like last week, she's like, she looked at my track. She's like, Hey, we're, we're off. We did, we did it more than that. I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry, babe. I missed a day. I missed a day. And so it's cool. So knowing what's possible. Right. And then knowing that we can improve and have a level 10 in certain areas, uh, and giving ourselves permission to go shoot for that and crash and burn too in the process, I think super important. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, yeah, the, the moving past the awkwardness, it's like we should be able to have those conversations with our spouse, you know, and you said it was sucked at first, yeah. but that's because you hadn't had that kind of Mm-mm. culture Not already. That openness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We didn't have that culture. And so yep. creating yep. that, and it's like, we, we might be listening to this right now being like, that's weird or funny or whatever, but you're having sex more than these guys listening now, <laughs> and, you know, because you're willing to put the work in. It is right? work. So yeah. that's the thing. is like, are we willing to put the work into our marriage? Now, for me, fatherhood, fatherhood is not being a dad only. 
there's buckets of fatherhood. I mean, it's, I have a lot to learn in this area. It's your manhood. Well, I mean, your manhood, being a husband, being a dad, being a friend, you know, work. I mean, all those things for me fall under fatherhood. Like fatherhood Mm -hmm. is our, our posture towards life. Mm. And like, I love this word because father is just me alone. But hood is like there's multiple people who share the same characteristic. So like fatherhood is a group of people who are living, I don't want to say the same, but the, but similar values to like grow and nurture and serve what's been given to us. You know what I mean? So like for me, I go, God has entrusted me with this. And one day I'm going to say, this is what I did with this. This is the work I put into this. And hopefully like we're talking balance it's not like one of these things was served way better than these other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good definition of fatherhood. I've never heard that. The hood. Yeah. The hood cool. part of it. Yeah. That's great. Cause it's uh, I think I've done a lot more work on business and on my marriage than I have with studying how to be a good dad. You know, I'm kind of just going with it. I think I'm doing a good job, uh, but there's just so much more and like you've obviously studied up on it and you're learning and you're developing that skill of like how to be a good dad. And I, I think that's, I think that's dude incredible. Um, it's just such a weird thing for all of us. Like you remember when your kid was born, like how Mm -hmm. barbaric and strange the whole situation was Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you, you're blood everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your wife grows as human for nine months. And then you show up at this place where, I mean, you have systems and structure to build everything you've built. And like do everything we do. And then this human comes out and then they are like, go home, figure it mm. out. It's bizarre. So it's one of those like. With no manual. Yeah. It no is the manual. most bizarre thing for sure. Yeah. No, no college, no school, no nothing. They don't teach us anything. So you're just kind of thrown into like either you saw something good growing up and you kind of mimic it or you saw something crappy and you mimic it. You know, either you rebel against it like mm-hmm. you are or you do that. And so it's almost like we learn as we go. So then it's like, you know, once you master your kid's nose at four years old, he's going to be eight now with some other issue. You're like, damn it. I just figured out how to, I read the book. I figured it out. And now it's something new, which is cool. Cause it keeps us like evolving in progress, which I love. But you said something at the beginning of our conversation, as far as one of the best um, resources that you've had. And you said mentors, mm-hmm. I think, Whenever I talk to somebody who's successful, they always say mentors, right? And you're being a mentor to your kid by sharing stuff you went through. And you've said you've have people who I'm assuming are either a little older than you or different, uh, like the next season of life. Maybe their kids are a little older or something. Your, your uncle actually has been a good, uh, a good mentor. He's a, he, he's me, a man. wise man. He's a wise man. He's a lover of people, which is super cool because yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit more task driven than relationship driven. That's kind of my natural style. Like I want to go achieve. And so he's, he seems more relationship and he is, man. Mike is a cool, cool guy that, and just showed me how to love on my kids and do adventurous things with them. Like I'm excited when you get a, you know, do your, do your podcast with, uh, with Mike. Cause he's got a bunch of cool stories and he's just a guy that, and so I, I've learned from, I watch him and my goal now is to go do more adventurous things with my kids. Like spend one-on-one time, hmm. go take them out and go do cool things. So right now I, my goal is every week uh, to take one of the kids out for at least one hour by themselves. So every week you take a kid out for an hour by themselves? By themselves. So whether it's going on a walk, going on a bike ride, going on a hike, going to get ice cream, just a one-on-one. I mean, it sounds sounds like a lot. And then it also at the same time doesn't seem that hardcore, right? It's one hour out of how many hours are in the week. Well, man, yeah. It, 
it, when you say it, it sounds super attainable, but if you it's really, really hard. think it's about really hard. Yeah. If you think about the time you spend with your kids, kind of talking to everybody listening, sometimes I go, oh my gosh, I haven't seen, my oldest is 13 now, so we're like in this stage where she's doing a lot of Her own things thing. outside. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen her. So every Wednesday morning I take her to school. So I'm guaranteed to talk about life with her, you know. But anyways, so going to, going on adventures with your kids and just, see, I think that people don't like hearing that they, you need to schedule it. Yeah, I have to schedule it. Uh, no, but that's how anything actually yeah. happens. Yeah. Like, there are so many things sucking our time. So many things. You have to say, you first have to know what you want to say yes to. So you can say no to the other things that come up and then put it on the calendar. And it's like Thursday night comes up. Oh no, we can't do that. Cause I'm actually taking so-and-so out for a hike or whatever. And it doesn't even have to be expensive. Mm-mm. It doesn't have to cost anything. It could be a bike ride one-on-one dude. Oh yeah. It could be going to grab a donut in the morning. Like kids love that. They'll remember that forever. Like these little experiences, mm-hmm. even if they're small, but scheduling it's like critical. So every week I try to plan out my whole week on Sunday or on Monday, Monday morning. And one of my things is I have to, I do a little check mark. I have to schedule my one-on-one time. Cause if I do not schedule that, the weirdest thing happens, nothing happens. Yep. Like something it doesn't, it literally does away. not happen if I don't schedule it. Um, maybe some people might be better with that kind of stuff. Like I, I got to fit it in my calendar and put it on a specific time, like Saturday morning at, at seven o'clock, I'm going to go take Brendan for one hour. I tell yeah. Jessica and she sees it on the calendar. Yes. Yeah. And okay. So let me ask this. Jessica was already kind of, um, let's just say business minded. Mm -hmm. But when you said, I want to schedule sex or I want to schedule, I don't schedule sex. (laughs) So, okay. I want to track it. (laughs) Or let's just say the kids then I want to schedule time with our kids is her first response. Oh, that's really awesome. They're going to love that. Or is it that seems insensitive that it's not spontaneous. That's great, man. That's a great, that's a great, uh, insight. Um, on the how some, I, I'm, I'm lucky my wife and it's probably the culture like you talked about, like you talked about maybe initially when I first started, I think everything kind of, when you first start it, it's going to be weird. Right. But then once they get right. used to it and they see, Oh, his intentions actually good. Um, like with, with the sex thing, right? Like my, the intention is good. Right. Then they can get behind it, but it might take a month, might take six months. So yeah, I think initially she was kind of like, why do you need to schedule time? Can't you just go take them out and just go hang out with them? Dude, yes. I love that. So I think, I mean, I think that more dudes would, would want to do things intentionally, but if we're made to feel stupid about it sometimes, mm. and it's no, it's, I don't want to like put a bad rep on the, the, the moms. Cause they're the ones doing like so much of the stuff. Yeah. But if I come home and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I I'd like to schedule every Thursday. I'm going to take the kid to school or I'm going to do whatever. Sometimes it's, I think there might be that initial reaction of like, well, we're just fitting into your schedule now, aren't mm. we? Mm. But it's like, well, they, ha- you haven't been like, I haven't been doing anything intentional the last six months. And now you're making me feel like a moron about this. So I think the message is like, as a dude, just push through that, mm-hmm. know that your intention is right and just do it, be consistent. And then your family will see, They'll follow. Oh, mm-hmm. I get it. A cool, a cool tactic. Some tactical I do with that is on i uh, I'll try to schedule it during times where Jessica is doing something else. Mm. So I'll say, Hey babe. So like she has this class that she goes to Wednesday night. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take the kids and go, we go bowling. 
So like I'll go bowling, take one of the, one of them or both of them and go bowling mm-hmm. on, on the Wednesday. So if there's some time that you, your wife wants to go work out or wants to go do something for herself, go get her nails done. Perfect. That's awesome. That's your chance to go grab a kid and go do something cool with them for a little bit of time for an hour, hour and a half. So it's kind of how I, I plan some of my time around Jessica's also. Yeah, I like that. So now do you think that what you're doing is possible if you don't own your own business and you don't have all the freedoms I'm saying that in air quotes that you have. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. I was talking about all this stuff and I didn't realize I have some employees still in my office. That's awesome. They'll, hey, be real, be yourself, right? <laughs> we can just uh, cut this part out. No, 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 that's great. No, no, that's awesome. Um, I'm practicing being more authentic and more real, so it's freaking perfect. They're, they're um, messaging all your other employees right now. <laughs> Did you know Skylar tracks his sex? <laughs> um, so, uh, no, it's great. No, let's go with it. So what was the question one more time? At? Um, the question was, okay, you've been grinding at your business for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. But we have said that the last seven years you've been focusing on balance, intentionality, et cetera. Mm-hmm. If I have a, I work from nine to five, can I still do the things you're talking about if I don't have the freedom as a business owner, that's great. Uh, and my answer to that would be yes, but yes, but it's going to require more intentionality. So there's times where I work very, very hard in the business and I might work 12 hours a day. And my, and if I'm about to go into that, that phase of business, I have to be very purposeful because my wife's used to me not working that, that much. So if I know I'm going to go add an extra four hours a day onto my schedule, I have to be very intentional with the things that I do with her. So I'll purposely go buy her flowers when I'm about to go start this on the, or on the way back from, from work. So now do you frame it? The three month period you didn't frame. Now it sounds like you frame it and she's part of that. Exactly. I let her know, Hey babe, the business needs me. I'm going to need to work an extra. I'm going to be staying late like a couple nights a week, I'm going to be doing this. And so it's cool. She's like, okay, that's fine. We'll work with it. But then I purposely do little things to, to, um, invest. I call it mm-hmm. investing in the marriage. I'll do little things to add deposits in there because if it's already low, if the bank's already low and I go do it, it we're going to fight. Yeah. We're 100% going to fight. It's going to get weird. She's going to be like, you're never home. You don't do, you know, you don't spend enough time with us. That happens every single time I don't invest and put those orders or whatever in, in the, in the, in the, in the account. Right. And so if I do that by getting her flowers, by spending a little extra time, by giving her a massage at night, by like really doing little things that kind of show that I love her, even though I'm working harder. Um, so for somebody that maybe has limited kind of time or is working a lot, you just have to be more strategic with your time. Like it's gotta be like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe this week I'm going to give her a massage. And so just doing stuff like that, she'll, investing in it like they'll what i've realized with with women is they 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 uh they bloom so when you start investing and and treating them like a queen they literally start to like turn from like this little flower and they start to to bloom if you make them feel kind of special by by oh yeah by by kind of giving giving them flowers or or or, um i do little love notes so i'll drop like a little sticky note put it in like an underwear drawer, say, I love you. You're amazing. Kind of just little, these little things. And it, if for my wife, it fills her cup up. Well, every wife's different, but, but for mine, it like totally. But I think overall women will respond the same. And I like how you say, cause how you kind of made reference to a flower opening up. Cause I think too, that 
you and I, part of our responsibility to our spouses is to bring the beauty out of them. Mm -hmm. Like you said, open up a flower, right? If it's closed, it's, it's cool. It's pretty, but you open it up. It's like, wow. Right. And it's our job to almost bring the beauty out of them. Mm -hmm. Like if I see my wife is the most beautiful woman in the room, then she just will be that because, because I brought that out of her and then she'll feel that way too. So, so glow. And it's this opposite though, too, with, with our spouses, right? They bring the best out in us or they bring the worst out in us. Yeah. That's the challenging part, man. If somebody kind of wives can easily shut us down, kind of degrade us on accident or no, maybe not even, on, they might not even know that they're doing it, but they, these little jabs or little kind of disrespectful things like, and it starts to like make us not want to go yeah. bloom them, you know, yeah. make us not want to go invest in the marriage. And that's probably the challenge that most guys will have is like, I would love to do all these amazing things, but my wife doesn't always treat me great like that. But I, but I want to fight back and go, I think if you stuck it out and committed to it and you didn't just say, okay, well for the next three months, I'm going to do this. But you just said, I committed to this person. I'm just going to spend my life doing this. My hope is that they are just going to respond like, yes, it might take time. And if right now you haven't written your wife a note since before you, when you were dating, right. <laughs> you know, then yeah, dude, it's going to, she's going to, she's probably going to respond poorly. Cause she's going to think, sure. especially on the sex piece, because I yep. think, you know, like yep. I messed up in this for a lot of years is like, I'm kind of starting at 8am dropping quarters in as <laughs> hints all day long, hoping that something's going to happen. So then it just doesn't feel genuine. You know, so I, my hope is though, it, it, as long as somebody's not just a toxic person, I mean, if it's toxic, then I guess get out. I don't love divorce, but the, my hope is that if you were to invest, like you're talking about, not for a week, not for a month, but for your life, that they're going to respond mm -hmm. positively. For sure. Every, every woman wants to feel like a queen or a princess. Like it's just, it's literally built in them. Uh, that they want to feel that special. So think about what would make your wife feel special yeah. and then go do a couple of those things, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think I would get pushback on this from our culture today, but I still think it's the man's job to start, take the first step in the mm -hmm. dance. It takes two people to dance, but somebody's got to take the first step. And I feel like if the dude were serving first, that they would respond second. And then on top of that, if we're going to talk about fatherhood, then what a wonderful example you're giving to your children. Mm -hmm. I mean, dating your wife once a week, that's showing your boys. I mean, I would think that your boys, do they complain when you go on dates? No, no, no. They, they probably happy. They probably like it. And my, like deep down, I think that the kids realize that mom and dad love each other more when they're doing these things together. And with that, like there's something in them that desires that oneness out of their parents. You know, so that's like the, to me, the greatest gift you can give your kids. And I'm sorry if you're divorced and whatnot, life mm -hmm. is totally messy. It's mm -hmm. just messy and our lives are messy in different ways. Yep. Right. Um, but what a great gift for your boys to see how you treat a woman, a woman. which is killer to me. Cause I've got four daughters and I want to know that there's dudes out there who mm. are oh, investing yeah. in their sons. Because one day, dude, your kids might be marrying my kids, and I don't want your kids to have a jackass dad. And your, yours is interesting, so it's opposite of mine. So your kids are watching, your daughters are going to be watching you and how you treat 
their mom right and then they're your state your standard you're kind of screwed man they're, they're or they're they're screwed <laughs> one of those two things because they're going to expect like if we do a good job as a dad and we have daughters right the daughters are going to expect like well no my dad used to get my mom flowers all the time they used to go on dates they used to do on this like i want a guy like that yep you know what i mean so they're going to like want the guy that like loved on like that loved on yep. their mom like that's the hope. and so that's the that's the goal is that maybe you can fill that gap because a lot of times we know how it is like daughters will, will go searching for for that if they don't find some of that stuff at home yep you know what i mean so i don't have to luckily luckily experience i got just my little boys <laughs> um but yeah yeah we've been talking about a bunch of incredible things around balance and around intentionality around vulnerable a lot of stuff around vulnerability i mean everything you're kind of talking about to to talk to your wife to schedule time with your kids all been a bit around vulnerability, intentionality, mm-hmm. um, self-reflection. So a couple last questions before we go is like, um, why is it important to you to like self-reflect on yourself? Like clearly you want to be better. I don't want to say better, but clearly you want to grow mm-hmm. as a human. Why is that important to you? Yeah. So kind of some, uh, just closing. There was a, uh, there was a time I th- it was about six years ago where basically I had kind of leveled out like life was kind of good. Marriage was pretty good. Business was pretty good. Um, everything was going pretty good. And then I, I asked myself, I'm like, I remember sitting in the living room. I'm like, is, is this all that there is? Like, do I just, can I just, do I just stay here? Am I kind of cool? Same size business. Do I just stay here? And like, is that is what that, I'm going to do the next 30 years of my life? Yeah. I'm like, is that I like, I don't know. Like, is, do I stop? Or like, what's next? And so I remember a, a, a phrase, you're either growing or you're dying. Mm. So in all things, you're either growing or you're dying. And so I remembered that. I'm like, ah, I'm not supposed to stop. Like, I got to continue developing and growing. And so that's why I, I, that night I went into my, into my office, got on the computer and looked up seminars. And so some of the first seminars I went to was all about self-awareness and reflection. And like the key to developing ourselves is to look be aware of how we act and how we can be aware of our behaviors and, and why we do what we do is through like journaling or through mm. reflecting. And so journaling has been pivotal for me. Cause I'll like, I'll be pissed off at Jessica. I'm like, well, why am I pissed off? And then I'll go journal. I'm like, Oh, like I got insecure that she made that comment. Like, oh, okay. now I know how to handle that next time. Yeah. Cause then you notice it wasn't her intention. Yeah. Like we've been talking about them not understanding. Just our intention. I just got triggered. Yeah, and maybe it was mean or whatever, but you go, yeah. oh, now that I see it written out, which is incredible that you say that, and I should have paid you to say that, but you know I have a journal on Kickstarter right now designed just for dads because I've been journaling since I was 18, and it is a so helpful, mm-hmm. man. Like today it's helpful to get out some stuff. It's helpful, you know, every January I go on a couple-day retreat and I take my journal from the year and I read it. Um. And it's helpful to see where you're going, where you've been, what's going on today. It's powerful to get out of your head. So my biggest takeaway from mm-hmm. journaling is I, can't, I, have, I have a really hard time processing my thoughts mm-hmm. in my head. Like there's too much stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, and I, try, yeah. I, I can't get super clear. And so when I write it out, I get really clear, like really fast. And so journaling for me has been pretty game changing because it's like as soon as I feel an emotion, I'm like, ah, I'm triggered. Something, something's bothering me right now. And then I'll go journal it out. I'm like, And then I get it out. And actually once I write it, it's like uh, that feeling actually goes away. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's really interesting. So, so self-reflection to me is like the key to growth. The only way I can become a better dad is by reflecting on how I'm doing as a dad. And like, how did yesterday go? How, yeah. how was this last 
couple months gone. And so looking back and seeing like what's working, what's not working, that's self-reflection. Yeah. That's what we do with our, our company all the time. We have meetings. Almost every meeting is, hey, guys, what's working, what's not working? Right. And so they can make changes and self-reflect. It's a very valuable uh, tool in business and especially like in fatherhood and marriage. Yeah, and I, I love it because it's like I think we are we, we do that for business or we do it for where we work or we're used to getting evaluated once a year for work, maybe, mm-hmm. whatever. But when was the last time you evaluated your marriage? Mm. Or your fatherhood. For sure. You know? So it's like being vulnerable to ask your wife, hey, like right now, really, no, I won't be mad. What's working and what's not? That's epic, dude. That's uh, And I asked my kids this. So um, I like this past, I like this guy, Rob Bell. And he talks about asking his kids, hey, is there anything I do that just really bothers you? And so Mm. I've asked my older kids that, is there anything I do that really bothers you? And they had answers for me. Wow. Yeah. And then I had to go, oh man, (laughs) okay. You know, I thought that was funny and cool to me, but you don't dig. So I'm going to be aware of that. I won't just be offended and say, oh, well, I'm your dad. And that's what dads do. Mm -hmm. If you're going to ask a question, you better freaking own it and make moves. Dude, that's great. I would lo- I'm going to ask that for sure my when I when I get home. Heck yeah. What what do you like? What do I do? What was the question? What what do you I I, I ask my kids, one? what yeah. do, what is there anything I do that really bothers you? Is there anything I do that really bothers you? That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so my last question for you, which maybe will be the new last question that I ask. When your kids are say not 18 and moving out of the house, but they're kind of 25 or so and they're reflecting back maybe starting to have their own kids what is the value that you want them to have gained from growing up in your house Mm. that's great what what kind of resonates with me is like what do I want to leave them with right like what's what's the value like what did my my hope would be that when they turn 18 they look back and they say that my dad loved me and was present with me and loved me no matter how I showed up. Even if I was a total dick, yep. he still loved me. Um, and, and just he showed just true present love to me. Because if I can do that for my kids, that will teach them to do that for other people. Yeah. And so that's one of the best gifts that my dad gave me. I remember like when I was 16, I'd, I was partying. I'd call him up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. My ride took off. I say, Hey dad, can you pick me up? Like, and he's like, yeah, he's like, where are you at? I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'm like, and you just go pick me up. And I'm like, I'll always remember that. Like, what would the car ride home be like? Just kind of quiet. Nothing. He just knew I would figure out what I did wrong. And so that was just love. That was just, to me, that was just ultimate love. Like my dad would always be there. Even when I was older, I'd say, Hey, can you pick me up? And no matter what time he just come pick me up, he wouldn't, ah, he wouldn't do any of that. Mm. He'd just go, Hey, okay, cool. Where are you at? Okay, I'll be there shortly. And to me, dude, that's like the most special, like epic thing that I yeah. hope I can do that for my kids yeah. and show that type of love. Dude, I love it. Skylar, you are super intentional, dude. A great dad, a young dad, and and you are investing in your wife and your kids. And I think the legacy that you will leave through your character with your family is just going to be huge. And uh, it's exciting to see and it's exciting to hear you share um, for me to learn and for everybody else to learn from from uh, your field notes of like 
what your journey's been the last 10 years having a wife and having kids so thank you for sharing and keep doing what you're doing man yeah man i appreciate what you're doing too this is super special this right is on. a neat deal a lot of guys including myself i'll definitely be listening to more of these so dope thank appreciate you it. all right Can I just say how much I love this? I mean, having conversations with dudes about fatherhood, talking about stuff that really matters to us. We go about our days with just the fullness of life, you know, drive here, drive there, school, sports, all this stuff, work, work, work. I mean, you know how it goes, uh, but this is our one life. And when we pause and we're talking about fatherhood and we're engaging in this and we're stopping and listening to this, like parenting and fatherhood and legacy. And, and these are our lives. Like I just love it. And I'm just so thankful that you guys are listening to this. Share it. Go live it. This matters. Our children need it. It matters to our children's children's children. This is about legacy and our daily actions are the things that are influencing that more than we know. And hopefully this brings that to light. I loved hearing this dude talk about his life. Uh, Skyler is a very intentional dad. I love how he talks about all the stuff that he tracks and how he's trying to be as engaged and intentional as possible. And a couple things that really stuck out is just vulnerability. I think us men want to be vulnerable. We want to be open. We want people to see who we really are and accept us for who we really are. So that was incredible. Be vulnerable with your family. Um, he talked about telling stories, part of that vulnerability thing, telling stories to his kid, even at seven years old, like teaching him. That was really deep. And I loved that. And I love the hard conversations he had and has continued to have with his spouse. I think it's super encouraging. So I want to thank all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Once again, go like us on Instagram, Facebook. Go to Kickstarter. Check out the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. If you think it'd be a great tool for you, get yourself a journal. We're going to do a little 31-day campaign in January, just encouraging dads to step into that adventure of fatherhood. We will talk to you next time. Thank you.